This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Kingdom Story Company's I Still Believe. Based on the real-life true story of chart-topping singer Jeremy Camp, I Still Believe, rated PG, parental guidance suggested, in theaters March 13th. More information is available at istillbelievemovie.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it! That's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Thank you so much for joining us again. Well, as I reported to you yesterday, Southern Baptist Convention President J.D. Greer appeared recently at a Christian-Muslim interfaith dialogue with an anti-Semitic imam named Omar Suleiman. Now, this event at North Carolina State University was part of a nationwide movement to bring Christians and Muslims together through an organization called Neighborly Faith, which has already been holding similar interfaith dialogue events at places like Wheaton College. But as you heard on yesterday's show, Greer's appearance was not only shocking because the Southern Baptist Convention officially supports and backs and prays for the nation of Israel, but it was shocking to hear Greer insult and apologize for Christians and Trump voters while bending over backwards over this imam whom Representative Lee Zeldin called out for comparing Israel to Nazis and supporting the Muslim Brotherhood. Zeldin made those remarks, as did many others, last year when Suleiman delivered the opening prayer for a session of the U.S. House of Representatives. But there is a lot more to know about Suleiman and the dangers of interfaith dialogue, and that's what we're going to tackle today with an Islamic scholar who's not only thoroughly informed about Suleiman and Islamic anti-Semitism, but he's also Jewish. And so I wanted to bring back to the show Dr. Andrew Boston, author of The Legacy of Jihad and the Legacy of Islamic Anti-Semitism. You can read his work at andrewbostom.org. Dr. Boston, I know you have heard some of the clips from this interfaith dialogue between Greer and Suleiman, but I want to open the show with this question. As somebody who is both Jewish and an Islamic scholar, what do you think about the president of the Southern Baptist Convention sitting down with this cleric for an interfaith dialogue? What is your base reaction, basic reaction to this? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, he's, he's terribly uninformed. And, you know, it's got, at, at this point, Suleiman has been enough in the public eye that it's got to be a, a willful uninformedness um, on the part of Mr. Greer. And um, I, 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 I find that very, very insulting, uh, because this is a fulminant uh, Sharia supremacist and Muslim anti-Semite. And I put, and I put the, the Sharia supremacism first, because that affects everyone. Um, at, at, you know, we're a, small, we're a small community, even in the United States, um, but, but it, his anti-Semitism is, is, is quite virulent. But I think what affects Americans overall uh, is is this man's uh, uh, desire very clear? His desire is to transform this society into a Sharia-based society, not not a not a liberty freedom-based society. Um, he's he's very open, and you can catch him on tape uh, calling for the for the Sharia's hod punishments, these mandatory punishments, and that would mean, and he's very clear about this, stoning for adultery. He's, he's advocating and or apologetic for these things. So when he's apologetic for something like stoning for adultery, I have to mean that, you know, given his desire to impose the Sharia, and he's talked about that universally, in other words, societal Sharia he's talked about, and a caliphate. There's no, there's no disputing what that has meant. And he said so that Sharia could be applied in totality. So that means when he makes apologetic statements about adultery uh, being, you know, the punishment being stoning or, or theft, the punishment being amputation, 
He means it. He, he, he really means it. He's even defended the practice of Muslim, the historical practice of Muslim concubinage and sex slavery on the basis that that, that, that was preferable to these women uh, being being exploited, as he would put it, by, by prostitution. I, I, I mean, you know, so the, these are explicit on-tape statements, Janet, to major Muslim conferences. Um, there's always some apologetic uh, sort of uh, uh, atmospherics that he, you know, he'll, he'll include. But, but, but overall, the context couldn't be clearer. When it comes to Jews, the, could, the context couldn't be clearer. Uh, still online to this day, I just checked it before, before we, we got on, online together, uh, is, is his um, five-part, six-hour lecture on the Jews as p- depicted in the Quran called the Lost Chronicles of the Bani Israel. And in it, he rivets on one theme in particular, which is this Quranic epithet for the Jews as apes or apes and pigs. Uh, apes in, in, in um, Surah 2, verse, two six, verse 65, uh, apes again, and he goes into this in great detail in the seventh surah, the seventh chapter, uh, a series of verses, 163 to, to 166, 167. Um, and then apes and pigs comes from another ch- chapter, that's Quran, uh, that's the fifth surah, the 60th verse. And he's very explicit about this. Uh, he says, Allah says, we told them to become apes. And here he's citing Quran 7166. Allah transformed them, this group of people that took that action into apes and pigs. That's Quran 560. Which means their external appearance became apes and pigs. And the idea here was that the people were trying to make Allah out to be a fool. So they're being punished. The Jews are being punished. But Allah instead transformed them into animals. The prophet, Muhammad, tells us that these people, which were a village, not the entire Bani Israel, this group of Bani Israel that Allah transformed, after he transformed them, they lived three days as an example to all other people. The older ones were transformed into pigs and the young ones into apes. He then goes on to explain, as if, as if this is some sort of an apologetic, that, well, it's not appropriate to call modern Jews sons of apes and pigs, because after all, the, the, the group that were transformed died off. But it's very appropriate because of the Jews' inveterate characteristic of deceit, in particular, and loving this world too much, uh, and, de- and, and going to the extent of, of deceiving Allah, uh, that brethren of apes and pigs is absolutely acceptable for, for, the, for the majority of Jews, Good. who apparently Please. he believes have this trait. Yeah, so you're not a son of an ape or, or a pig, no, you're, you're a, a brother. And, and, in, and in fact, this is what Muhammad used. In, in the in the Sira, in the early pious Muslim biographies of Muhammad, for a very explicit purpose, he was humiliating this besieged Jewish tribe, the Banu Qurayza. They ultimately submitted, and he and he, according to one account, personally beheaded six hundred to seven hundred of the of the adult age males. Wow! So this is this is very clear what we're driving at here, and ultimately, in this long discourse on the Jews, he he updates it. He says very plainly. We ask Allah to humiliate this Israel, meaning modern Israel, the way that Allah humili- humiliated Bani Israel, the Quranic Jews. Wow. So you couldn't be clearer about right. this, uh, Jack. Right, and I have some cuts I want you to react to. I want to play one, as you mentioned before, the way that Suleiman speaks to his own people at some of these Islamic conferences is a totally different ball of wax than the way he spoke with J.D. Greer at this Interfaith Dialogue. I want to hear your reaction to this. Let's listen first to Suleiman discussing the caliphate and other subjects. This is cut one. 
In every situation where stoning took place, it took place as a result of confession. The punishments for sariqah, for theft, which would be cutting off of the hand. We also need to be able to stand up and say that the sharia practiced on a societal level as was practiced by the companions of the Prophet as was practiced by Khulafa al-Rashidin, the, the, the caliphs. The, the, they, it was a righteous system. But again, definitely, it, you know, it's not going to be applied in totality unless we have a khalifa, at least when we're talking about a state level. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to witness, inshallah ta'ala, a righteous uh, khalifa. Allahumma ameen. Okay, now obviously he's throwing in some Arabic there, which will throw some listeners off. But basically, Dr. Boston, what he's talking about there, stoning and the caliphate, that didn't come up at the interfaith dialogue. I wonder why. Yeah, and again, Janet, as as I tried to lead into exactly, you know, those those clips uh, that 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 you were referring to, uh, this is this is unabashed uh, uh, Sharia supremacism. He's telling you that that what he desires for our society, okay, for our society, is that it it the the U.S. be transformed into a Sharia-based society, as in the days of the early Muslim conquests, the so-called rightly guarded, guided caliphs that he's referring to, um, you know, beginning with, with uh, Muhammad's immediate successor, Abu Bakr, and then you have Caliph Omar, and then, and then, and then you, um, then you end with, with Caliph, uh, with Aleph Ali, Uthman right before him. So these four individuals, they applied the Sharia as as we would recognize it in its in its unfiltered form, which again would include stoning adulterers and oh. would include amputating thieves. Now he talks about a specific type of thief yeah. in his little sort of apologetic excursus, where he says something there about it is. the practice thief. Tell you what, hang on just a moment. We do need to pause for a break. Islamic expert Dr. Andrew Boston with us will come right back on Janet Meffer today. How much is one life worth? Most of us would say life is priceless, and we'd be right. After all, what is the value of someone created in the image of God? We're asking Janet Meffer today listeners, just like you, to help us save babies through the ministry of preborn. How does preborn save babies? Through ultrasounds. Preborn works with hundreds of pro-life pregnancy centers across America, providing free ultrasounds for women in crisis pregnancies. And 80% of the time, when a mother sees her little baby on an ultrasound, she'll choose life. It's that easy. We need your help to support the vital work of preborn in saving human lives. For your gift of $28, you can provide a free ultrasound to a mom in a crisis pregnancy. And for a gift of $140, you can provide five ultrasounds to five mothers. All you have to do is call 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229. Or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. Thank you for saving a baby's life. The healthcare open enrollment period has ended. Did you miss it? Don't go a whole year without having a healthcare program. Sign up with Liberty HealthShare. As a Christian healthcare sharing ministry, Liberty HealthShare is not insurance, so you can still sign up. In fact, you can sign up any time of year, and there are no contracts. Starting as low as $199 a month, Liberty HealthShare
Medicare has memberships for singles, couples, and families, so you can choose the ideal program for your situation. Plus, Liberty HealthShare has no network, so you're free to pick your own doctors, hospitals, and providers. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, so your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. Go to libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT for more information. libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. We are back. Thanks for joining us. I'm already getting some messages from people about yesterday's show in which I talked about Southern Baptist Convention President J.D. Greer's interfaith dialogue with Islamic cleric Omar Suleiman. And it was all, oh, it was just so wonderful and kind. And everything was roses and posies. And they were just buddies. And yet, people don't really know much about Omar Suleiman. Although, I don't know why you have Google functions on your computers, I would expect. But we're talking with Islamic expert Dr. Andrew Boston, who also happens to be Jewish. And this is important because the Southern Baptist Convention has made a very direct statement many times on its support for the nation of Israel and being against any activities supporting, for example, the boycott, divestment, sanctions movement and things like that. And you have to wonder why in the world the president of the Southern Baptist Convention is playing footsie with this Sharia supremacist as Dr. Bostom has pointed out. I want to, I want you to react also, Dr. Bostom, to another quote here from Omar Suleiman, if you would. Let's hit cut two. This is something, by the way, once again, Islam is about solving real problems. It's not about idealism. Imam al-Qarafi, rahimahullah ta'ala, he said, society's welfare always takes precedence over the individual's welfare. Okay? And, you know, what that means is the, the outrage over a man having been able to be intimate with more than one woman or more than four women, unfortunately, you know, go, goes over the outrage or it supersedes the outrage of a woman, the very realistic possibility that a woman in that situation had that option not been there would have most likely been put in a situation of prostitution. Okay, let's talk about this one, Dr. Boston, because people may not understand the context here. As I understand it, the context is concubines and sex slaves. What is your impression of what he's really communicating? That's exactly what he's communicating, and what he's saying is that is that um, the, these these women w- would have been forced into prostitution if they hadn't been brought into these into these harems, uh, uh, or hadn't been used as 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 sex slaves, you know, conquered by jihad, taken from their slaughtered men, uh, and 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 exploited as sexual uh, sexual slaves. In other words, they're somehow <laughs> the their lot would have been worse than that. And therefore, it justifies those practices. That's that's exactly what he's saying. Those are yeah. Sharia sanctioned practices. Janet. Is he a supporter then when we saw a couple of years back ISIS taking sex slaves and raping Yazidi women and the like? Was he actually saying that that was okay or was he denouncing that do we know i i don't know if he was confronted with that you know specifically uh he'd probably come up with some sort of apologetic but that but that in essence is exactly the kind of practices that he's sanctioning by making the statements that you just played Whoa. um you, you know, because it, again, we have to deal with the with the dissimulation that goes on, the sanctioned takia. So speaking speaking to to uh, to Greer, he might say, "Oh, of course, he opposes ISIS. They're distorting Islam." But when he's speaking to Muslims, he's basically sanctioning what ISIS was was doing not too long ago. Well, here's um, something. And, and, yeah, go. 
Go ahead. I was going to say something important that I think listeners need to remember is that we have had uh, in the last year, couple of years now in the Southern Baptist Convention, a great deal of ink spilled over the sexual abuse crisis that they've been referencing in the Southern Baptist Convention. You know, girls who have been um, molested and the like. And, and J.D. Greer and others in the SBC have spoken out very strongly about we protect women, we support women, we are, you know, we need to make sure that women are treated well. I mean, this would have been a good subject to bring up at the Interfaith Dialogue to see what Greer's position really would have been when confronted with the fact that the guy he's praising actually says these things, these things to Muslim audiences. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and the other thing I'd like to point out is that there is, there is a, a mainstream Muslim organization that trains imams in the United States called the Assembly of Muslim Jurists of America. And they they have they have sanctioned all the same things that you just heard um, that you just heard Omar Suleiman sanction uh, and, and beyond, uh, including uh, additional things he didn't get to, like like female genital mutilation, like killing apostates from Islam, like killing non-Muslims who quote unquote blaspheme Islam. These are all fatwas. You can you can go to my website. I've screenshot them and placed them all up so people can see for themselves. Suleiman actually has a picture of himself with one of the, the lead clerics for the Assembly of Muslim Jurists of America. Um, and on his own website, he has allowed another one of these clerics just recently in the last year to post a long uh, posting. And basically, Suleiman has said in public that he looks to these two uh, uh, jurists from the Assembly of Muslim Jurists of America as being his mentors, as, as almost as important to him, uh, almost as his family. So, so th- there are there are very clear cut threads that you can follow, green threads, shall we say, <laughs> that show you exactly where he's going. There's there's no equivocating about this. That's amazing. I'm looking too at one of his Facebook posts that I had found online, Omar Suleiman, in uh, October of 2014, and he said, "You can't condemn one form of oppression while sanctioning another." Israel, he puts in quotes, will now be known as hashtag Jisil, J S I L. So he's equating the nation of Israel with ISIS. This is yeah. unbelievable. Yes, yes, yes. Of, 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 of course, of course, he would. Of course, he would do that. Uh, but, but the, but the, it gets even more cynical than that because, as you've seen, he actually sanctions real ISIS practices, uh-huh. as opposed to to the IDF, which is which is one of the more ethical armies in the entire world. They are. He 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 sanctions on the basis of Sharia the the the, the essential practices of, of of ISIS. That's the irony. It's it's it, it's it's very it's very very disconcerting. And again. Um, as an American, as, as, a, as a Jew, to see the, the head of the Southern uh, Baptist Leadership Conference sitting down there and dialoguing with him in a very cowering and, and dimmy way. You know, it really reminds me when, when, when um, I, I listened to this, to this clip from your show, Janet, when, when, you, when you show Suleiman uh, actually just coming right out and, and, and saying that, you know, his goal in this, in this dialogue or whatever they were having is, is, for, the, is for the Christians to convert to Islam. Yep. Again, it reminds me exactly of, of, the, of the, you know, the ideologue, Syed Qutb, in Milestones. He, he, he says specifically, and he's talking about interfaith dialogue, he says the chasm between Islam and Jahiliyyah, the non-believing society, is great, and a bridge is not to be built across it, so that the people on the two sides may mix with each other, 
but only so that the people of Jahiliya may come over to Islam. Yep. Right. It's one way bridge. So, so that, that's that's what this so-called radical ideologue who was executed in 1966 said. How is that any different than, than what he just said, what Suleiman just said in public? I know. Well, let me get your take on this, because one of the things that I mentioned yesterday was some of the writings of Yusuf Karadawi, the spiritual guide for the Muslim Brotherhood, talking about the same thing that you just mentioned from Sayyid Qutb when he said, we only carry out dialogue with Christians in order to find common grounds that serve as a basis for further action. One of the things he said, though, was that they want to convert Christians to Islam, of course, improve the image of Islam, discourage Christian leaders from supporting fellow Christians involved in conflict with Muslims. But one of the other points was they want to rally Christians against Israel. Now, is this not a huge issue when you have the largest evangelical denomination in America on record many times saying we support Israel? What do you think the people of the Southern Baptist Convention ought to think of their president sitting next to this guy and, and being buddy-buddy with him when he should be confronting him about it? He's faci- Well, on two levels. He's facilitating, on an individual human level, he's facilitating the worst elements of Islamic bigotry. Look, Islam has a real Jew problem, theologically, that has, that has been unresolved and not even approached yet. And then on the political level, uh, this translates largely, not, not exclusively, but it's not the only source of, of the animus towards Israel, uh, but, but, it, but it is a lot of it. And 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 it it it, it is annihilationist in its in its intent, uh, you know. So th- there's there's no question about that. And and the movements that are aligned to destroy Israel, particularly the local Muslim Brotherhood chapter, which is which is Hamas, uh, is 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 clearly aligned. It, it's it's raison d'etre is to, is to destroy Israel and replace it with with an Islamic state. It's really shocking to me that this is happening. But this is this is what they're looking for, isn't it? When you look at the Muslim Brotherhood and how it views interfaith dialogue, and I know I, I think it was Steve Coughlin also has talked about this with the Muslim Brotherhood and the Catholic Church. What they really want to do is divide and conquer, right? Go into the churches, yes. align themselves with the more left-leaning people in the church and get them to try to distance themselves from the right-leaning people in the church. That was exactly what Greer was doing on that stage. And it's and it's and it's no different than when 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 Suleiman appears at a at a campaign rally for this you know Jewish by identity only Bernie Sanders who's yeah. basically a Marxist right but regardless it it gives him some some uh, bona fides to say oh he's not Suleiman is not anti-Semitic after all he supports Bernie Sanders and it's 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 an effort to divide the Jewish community although. You know, most Jews with their heads screwed on properly, even if they're you know somewhat left, understand what Sanders is. But but regardless, it's it, it exactly it is the same process of dividing a, a, a community uh, po- politically uh, and also dividing Jews and Christians. Yes, uh, obviously. I mean, there, right. there's 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 historical animus between Jews and Christians that that is ripe to be exploited by by people like Suleiman. Well, right. And, you know, I thought it was very noteworthy when I was watching this whole interfaith dialogue that Suleiman not once said, we're so sorry for the way Muslims have treated Christians around the world. Christians are now the biggest group of persecuted believers on the entire earth. We're sorry about that. 80% of that persecution is coming from Muslim societies, yeah. particularly but, those that are more adherent to Sharia. Right. But you didn't hear him apologizing for his side of the aisle. It was no. all Greer apologizing for Christians voting for Trump, which was outrageous to me. 
Right. It, 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 again, this is exactly the way it works, and we've talked about before. The framework for all this is the is are, are the so-called phony Abrahamic faiths initiative, which is which is pure Islamic supremacism. Uh, you know, Abraham was neither a Jew nor a Christian. Uh, he was a Muslim. Uh, this this is this is the basis for so-called dialogue where you can't criticize any any Muslim beliefs and you and you see it you see it taking place in their interaction there. there you is, do. Hang on is, a second, Dr. Boston. We do need to pause quickly. We'll come back as soon as we can here on Janet Meffer today. Don't go away. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Kingdom Story Company's I Still Believe. Based on the real-life true story of chart-topping singer Jeremy Camp, I Still Believe, rated PG, parental guidance suggested, in theaters March 13th. More information is available at istillbelievemovie.com. This is Janet Mefford today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. I'm interested in the truth. I'm interested in the truth of the Bible. I'm interested in supporting Israel, just as the Southern Baptist Convention has done for so many years. You can see it in the resolutions that they've passed over the years. And yet there was their president of the Southern Baptist Convention recently, end of last week, J.D. Greer, having an interfaith dialogue with this radical imam whose name is Omar Suleiman. Dr. Boston is with us, Dr. Andrew Boston, Islamic expert. And we were talking a little bit, as you mentioned, you and I recently did another interview on this Abrahamic Faith Initiative. And you, I wanted to let you finish your remarks on that because I think that it's the same sort of thing that we're seeing going on. Right. So the, the guidelines really for this come from, from a, a, um, a Palestinian theologian who taught at Temple University for about 20 years, Ismail al-Faruqi. And again, it's, it's pure Islam. It's pure Sharia supremacism. The whole basis for the dialogue is to go back to this so-called idyllic era, uh, also like a caliphate situation, um, but Islamic society and the way it incorporated Jews and Christians into its societies as, as really non-citizen pariah dhimmi. Uh, uh, that, that, is, yeah. that is the basis uh, for for this uh, and 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 Faruqi wanted to update this and managed to uh, insinuate himself in in dialogue with the World Council of Churches with the Vatican itself um, and he's very plain in setting up the guidelines for this that there there he he will brook no criticism of Islam and it's it's this and this goes back to the to the um, to the late 1970s, early 1980s, and Faruqi died in 1986. But, but, but this is the paradigm that's actually in place, and you could see it operating in the discussion between these two men. You have the triumphal Omar Suleiman, uh, you know, openly calling for conversion to Islam, and this cowering uh, 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 Greer, uh, you know, apologizing, can't, can't, you know, can't spit out the apologies fast enough. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it's really, it's really disconcerting. It's embarrassing um, for us. It's embarrassing. You know, that, yeah, it's crazy. He's, t- he's talking about, well, if I were in a political context, I wouldn't be a shill for any president. I would be a thus saith the Lord guy. Well, that might have been a good opportunity for him to exercise that skill, but he, he failed. And no, and, and you're right. I mean, such a basic issue as this, as this uh, torrent 
of 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 Christian persecution, and we're not just talking about you know in, in the case of, of of Jews where it's where it's anti-Semitic attitudes. Yes, there's violence directed at Israel, but Israel Israel has a very powerful army to defend it. Thank heavens. Uh, Christians are vulnerable in these Muslim communities. They're they're true minorities, and they're being preyed upon and slaughtered. Uh, so so the situation is much more dire. Uh, for, for, for Christians that are scattered throughout, you know, Islamdom in, in Africa and Asia. And, you know, nary, nary a mention of that. And again, you can, you can look at where the worst persecution takes place of Christians, and you can see that it is amongst populations that are most compliant with the Sharia. Wow. It, 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 it is, it is directly hmm. related. We, you can line up the Pew data on, on, on desire and, and application of the Sharia, and you can line up, for example, you know, open doors, Christian persecution indices, and they're almost one to one. Yeah, that's right. I want to dive into a couple of clips before we run out of time here, Dr. Boston, but this is important. You had described some of what Suleiman had said in this 2012 YouTube video series that he put out called Lost the Chronicles of Bani Israel and did a good job explaining, you know, he he doesn't think that Jews are the sons of apes and pigs. It's the case that you're brethren of of apes and pigs. So there's a big distinction there. But I want I want people to hear some more from Omar Suleiman. This is the Islamic cleric who is doing interfaith dialogue with the president of the Southern Baptist Convention late last week. Listen to cut four. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after he transformed them, after he did musk on them, they lived for three days um, as an example to all the other people. The older ones were transformed into kharazir, into pigs, and the young ones were transformed into apes. Okay, I want to play one more, and then we're going to get Dr. Boston's reaction. This is cut five. And that's why Aisha, ta'ala anha, which is also narrated by Muslim and Bukhari, Bukhari and Muslim, that Aisha was walking with the Prophet one day, and a group of the Jews passed by, and they said, Assalamu alaikum, assalamu alaikum, which is what we say, we, we say means peace be upon you. And they used to say, assalamu alaikum. Assalamu means may death, may, you know, may death and, and cur- may the curse and death be upon you. Right, rather than as-salam. And they'd say it very fast so that you couldn't tell if they were saying salam or as-salam. And Rasulullah used to respond by simply saying wa alaykum, okay, and on to you. And Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, one day when that happened, she responded, she said wa alaykum as-salam wa la'natullah wa ghadabi. She said, may the, the death of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon you and the curse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his anger. And Rasul, and in one narration, she actually called them Ikhwat al wal Kharazir. She called them the brothers of the apes and pigs. She didn't call them the sons again because there's this understanding that uh, which we have, which is very clear that no one was born to those apes and pigs. But the way that they were acting was similar to those people that said Habba instead of Hitta, that tried to take Allah Subhanahu wa Taala for a fool. So it's very important for us to make sure again that we that we heed the warning from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that we don't try to trick Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by trying to make things that are haram halal. Okay, a lot of Arabic there, a lot of confusing stuff Dr. Bostam. Tell us what he just meant there. What was he really saying? So he has he has a he has a strong pronunciation of uh, Aisha who is who is the youngest so-called bride of Muhammad and he's describing an incident where um, again it's it's meant to illustrate this inveterate see this is the trait that's inveterate 
that, that actually is inherited. In other words, the, the, the surviving of this group of Jews that were transformed for violating the Sabbath, no, that's why you can't say sons. But the reason you can say brothers is because, is because we're so evil, we're, 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 we're so, we're so um, deceptive as, as a people, and this is, and this is with us now. He says many, most Jews, he refers to, uh, uh, have this, this characteristic that was, that, that, that was described in the Quran. Um, so you can say brothers of apes and pigs, and that's exactly what, what, what Aisha called them when they tried to use this linguistic trick, you know, of, of, about the Arabic meaning and, and, and their pronunciation. But so she called them brothers of apes and pigs. She didn't call them sons. He's justifying that. <laughs> and, and in fact, you know, getting back to, to, to what we said earlier, it was, this was, this was what, how Muhammad referred to the, to the Jews, not just Aisha, his youngest bride, um, as he's besieging this tribe, the Banu Karesa, and then when they surrender, he arbitrates it in such a way that, that, that they, they are, they are, they are guilty and executed, and he, and in one account, he personally, uh, beheads them. But this, but this brothers of apes and pigs, is is a is a Quranic uh, based epithet, and in the traditions that has been applied across space and time to to foment mass pogroms, and it's still very much prevalent in in the Middle East um, by by um, uh, Grand Imam of Al Azhar University uh, Tantawi, who died in 2010. He referred to Jews as as uh, brothers of apes and pigs around the time of of the um, horrible Netanya. Um, uh, Passover uh, homicide bombing, um, and we just saw it uh, at the end in the middle of of, uh, of December. The 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 imam who is who is the prison imam for the whole state of Washington uh, out on the west coast. Um, he gave an entire lecture, very much like Omar Suleiman's lecture, which was put online, where he was describing these same these same phenomena and and the usage of this Quranic epithet apes or apes and pigs. To a to a sort of Sunday evening Quran teaching session, mm. and it was and it was put up on the on the website, and then of course taken down. Well, he didn't really mean that, you know. Oh, sure. I, I mean, so <laughs> so this is very this is very common. It's very dangerous, and of course, going back to Suleiman's lecture series, he makes clear we ask Allah to humiliate this Israel the way that Allah humiliated Bani Israel. So this so this wow. theme of the humiliation, whether it's transformation into apes or apes and pigs. Or other forms of humiliation. Um, this is this is to apply to Israel to, to strip it of its of its political right to exist, to render it back to submission to the Sharia and all the humiliations that that entails. It's incredible. He has said of Zionism, may Allah help us overcome this monster. He has called for the destruction of Israel. He's described Jews as the enemies of Allah. He's championed another intifada being waged against Israel and on and on and on. And J.D. Greer, head of the Southern Baptist Convention, didn't have a word to say about it. We're going to come back with Dr. Andrew Boston on Janet Meffer today right after this.
from Kingdom Story Company comes I Still Believe. Based on the real-life true story of chart-topping singer Jeremy Camp, I Still Believe reminds us that amidst life storms, true hope can be found in Christ. He chose to walk into the fire with her. That's what love is. If one person's life is changed by what I go through, it will all be worth it. I Still Believe. Starring KJ Apa, Britt Robertson, Shania Twain, and Gary Sinise. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. In theaters March 13th. More information is at I Still Believe movie.com. Christians losing their businesses for not baking wedding cakes for homosexuals. Parents losing custody for not affirming their child's gender identity. Big tech censoring Christian books, videos, and social media posts. This isn't a dystopian nightmare. It's America in 2020. But what will God's people do to respond to the sexual radicals whose rising social and political power is threatening our religious freedom and our free speech? It's time for Christians to get informed about the looming threats that we're facing and learn how to respond as both salt and light. That's why I'd like to personally invite you to join me at our second annual God's Voice Conference, a biblical response to LGBTQ plus tyranny coming to Oklahoma City on April 17th and 18th. You'll hear from an unprecedented lineup of some of the leading Christian thinkers, pastors, pro-family activists, and medical and therapeutic experts who are fighting on the front lines of this battle and standing firmly on God's word in the face of growing LGBTQ plus opposition to Christianity. Let me tell you, there's nothing else like God's Voice Conference to get Christians ready to stand in this evil day. So I hope to see you at the God's Voice Conference and outreach of First Stone Ministries, April 17th and 18th in Oklahoma City. And take advantage of our early bird discount registration, only $85 through March 16th. So don't delay. Go to godsvoice.us. That's godsvoice.us and register for a conference unlike any other. Go to godsvoice.us and register now. What the church needs now is God's Voice. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Welcome back. It's very ironic in talking about this neighborly faith, interfaith dialogue that occurred late last week. J.D. Greer, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention, sat down with an anti-Semitic imam named Omar Suleiman, and you're learning more about him today with Islamic expert Dr. Andrew Boston. His great book is The Legacy of Islamic Anti-Semitism, and he is as knowledgeable as anybody about this stuff. You know what really strikes me, Dr. Boston, is when you were describing that that last uh, couple of clips from Suleiman about how, you know, you can't refer necessarily to the Jews as sons of apes and pigs. You should call them brothers, and he cites Aisha. But, you know, Greer is all about, Greer and his SBC leadership always talk all the time about human dignity. They talk about affirming the image of God in, for example, Muslim refugees and illegal aliens coming across the border. It would seem to me that a better event for J.D. Greer to have would be one with some Jewish people sitting on the stage and saying, we affirm your human dignity to not be wiped out. I mean, does it not strike you that, that he's sitting down with these guys? Where is the Christian dialogue with Jewish people supporting them? I It, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like they're deliberately not talking about what should be talked about that and also the issue of rampant Christian persecution across the globe, mainly in Muslim majority countries. Yeah, well, that, there, again, there, there, there is this striking concordance between, um, between uh, desire for strict application of the Sharia in these Islamic societies, uh, uh, murderous uh, Christian persecution, and you know, gross levels of, of, of anti-Semitism. So if you line up the Pew data on, on Sharia um, desire 
uh, open doors data on uh, scaling Christian persecution and ADL global data on extreme anti-Semitic uh, uh, attitudes. In other words, uh, agreeing with at least six out of 11 classic anti- anti-Semitic stereotypes. If you line up those data sets, um, they, they, all of it is dis- all, all the, the Christian persecution, the murderous persecution, the, the extreme anti-Semitism is, is, is very concordant with, with uh, adherence to the Sharia, which, which brings us back to Suleiman and his ilk, and the and the and the Assembly of Muslim Jurists of America, who are all about teaching and implementing Sharia globally, including in the United States. And the idea that this is some sort of you know crackpot um, uh, conspiracism against Muslims, it, it it's their own words. It's their it, it, whether they're in writing or, or whether uh, in formal fatwas, in formal edicts. Or uh, at lectures, at open public lectures, where all you have to do is is, is do what you've done, Janet, is 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 play back their words. Right. The idea that it's that that it's conspiracism to 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 accuse people like Suleiman or the Assembly of Muslim Jurists of having this agenda is is insanity yeah. on the parts. Uh, of the non-Muslims who are trying to defend them. I know. It's now, simply insanity. I agree with you completely. And I love the Southern Baptist Convention. I just need to stress this to people. And anybody who listens to my show on a regular basis knows this. This is a wonderful denomination. There are so many great Christians in this denomination who do love Israel and do support Israel. That's why this troubles me so much. And I, I, I would like to get your reaction to something else that's very important, Dr. Boston. It's this. There are a lot of people in the SBC whose immediate reaction to any criticism of Greer doing this interfaith dialogue is this. It's just a dialogue. It doesn't mean we agree with him. We're just trying to get along in a pluralistic society. We're trying to make friends. Isn't it better to be friends with people than enemies? What is wrong with that simplistic approach to interfaith dialogue? Because because you saw how it actually went. In other words, it went according to these Abrahamic faith dialogue rules, whether, whether they're the actual rules that you can read from someone like an Al-Faruqi or the way it's de facto practiced, which, which, is, which is, you know, it was once described to me by a colleague from, from Providence uh, uh, College, uh, Catholic College, uh, I'm in the state of Rhode Island, and we had lunch together, and she was describing her own experience with the Vatican dialogue with, with Muslims. And she said, yeah, it, it, very cynically she said this, yeah, it boils down to this. She said, we, we, tell, we tell the Muslims what a wonderful and peaceful faith, faith Islam is, and the Muslims tell us what a wonderful and peaceful faith Islam is. Right. And if that's going to be the basis of your dialogue, this I think it was it's been referred to in French as bavardage. It just it's it's meaningless, but it's worse than meaningless because you hear again you hear Omar confronting Greer and, and just sort of joking about how the, the the goal is to have them the Christians convert to Islam, and you don't hear anything even in joking uh, a, a comparable. Nope. To Greer, so so nope. the so the whole the atmospherics show the Muslims that that, that are that are watching this or may yeah. watch it on tape, whatever, uh, that 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 they are in the superior position and and that and that their uh, you know that their champion is 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 defeating this this person who's who's functioning at the level of of a cowering uh, dimmy who's already submitted. Right. Well, you could tell who the alpha male was on the stage. 
because, you know, he was the one who was very calm and relaxed and stating his position openly. And I thought it was interesting, something else that Suleiman said during the interfaith dialogue. I'm not quoting it directly. People heard the clip yesterday on the show. But he said something to the effect of, you stand for my religious freedom, because that was what Greer was saying. We will cherish and fight for your right. I will lay down my life to fight for your right, for to, to believe what you believe, which is idiotic when you're talking about Sharia supremacism. But on the other hand, Suleiman said, I can't really believe that somebody wants my religious freedom if they're not also concerned about things like surveillance against Muslim communities. And I went ding, 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 because a lot of these organizations with which he has either a direct or indirect connection have been investigated for terror link ties. So, I mean, it just went over his head, I think, or he just didn't want to talk about it. But isn't that the key? I want your support for my community because I have an agenda beyond just religious freedom. It was right there. And, and, and support for the community is, is, is not, you know, the, the worst example is the one you've already pinpointed, which is, which means that you can't confront, you know, jihad terror cells. Yes, for example. right. Um, but, but, but it also means getting back to where we started. It also means, it also means supporting the destruction of Israel. That's what it means. In other words, you can't be engaged with me unless you, unless you accept uh, in, in whole cloth my demands and my demand includes includes destroying Israel because because it's illegitimate, uh, you know. So so this is where we're headed yep. with this kind of notion. And in fact, getting back to Faruqi and Abrahamic uh, initiative, Faruqi was just as clear uh, about destroying Israel and in fact tracking Zionists down, i.e., Jews across the world and de-Zionizing them. They should only go back to their status of dimmy under the Sharia. Whoa, that's nuts. Well, you know what? And I want to make sure to get this in. I know we only have two minutes left, but andrewbostom.org. You've got a new article out about Asma Udin, abets hateful Sharia supremacism in America. This was a woman who was recently afforded an opportunity to speak at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. That's a story in and of itself. But you've got pictures here where Suleiman thinks she's the bee's knees, apparently. These, exactly. these two are friends, exactly. aren't they? Exactly. And, and, she, and she launches into attacks not only on Frank Gaffney of Save the Persecuted Christians, but even Ayan Hirsi Ali uh, and, and attacks her in this very hateful way um, as somehow a woman who's lived through the horrors of, of application of the strict Sharia, including, including female genital mutilation, including witnessing child marriage, et cetera, et cetera, having, an, having a marriage set up for herself, um, as if this person is inauthentic and Asma Uden, who's an apologist for all these things, when you actually read what she says about Sharia, um, is, is somehow given carte blanche by the NRB to, to attack such people, is given an imprimatur to attack such people, when all Frank is doing, um, and he's, he's doing the Lord's work, is pointing out that Sharia supremacism is a problem in this country, and all Ion's doing is that not only is it is it a problem, I've lived through it in, in Somalia, right. and you sure as Sure as heck don't want it in the United States. Those people can be attacked and vilified, but not Asma Asma Uden, who was invited by the NRB 
to just sort of spew nonsense. Yeah, I think that that was a big mistake. Frank Gaffney is a hero with the Center for Security Policy as well. And many of us think very, very highly of his work and his courage. And it's not a small thing to go up against the Muslim Brotherhood, as he has done for a very long time. And again, what we're down to in the final analysis is that as Christians in supporting Israel and understanding the connection that we have with the Jewish community, this is just divide and conquer stuff that is really, I think, in my view, shameful. And it's outrageous that I think the president of the SBC would participate in this. And I certainly hope that he will rethink his position and that the people of the SBC will rise up and say, no, 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 we're not going to get involved in that. Well, you can check out andrewbostom.org, Dr. Andrew Boston, wonderful books and wonderful website. This is such good material on his website. And you'll want to check out his books as well. I mentioned The Legacy of Islamic Anti-Semitism and also The Legacy of Jihad. Got to check out those books as well. Dr. Boston, always great to have you here. Thank you Thank so you, much. Yep. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless. Thanks for joining us on Janet Meffer today. We'll see you next time. This hour of Janet Meffer today was brought to you by Kingdom Story Company's I Still Believe. Based on the real-life true story of chart-topping singer Jeremy Camp, I Still Believe, rated PG, parental guidance suggested, in theaters March 13th. More information is available at IStillBelieveMovie.com. 